0: Here's my question. Do you want a video or a long story? video. video. (laughs) You don't want my long story? Okay. I found this video, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the sermon. But I just thought it was so cute I had to show it. So, uh, how many of you love dogs? Okay, so so you're really going to like this this video. So here we go. Ready? Alright. And I expect to hear a big... Oh, when well we get done with it, okay? Oh. They were trying to get their French bulldog puppy to sleep, but every time they told him to, he'd start talking back. You need to go to sleep. Stop. Okay. No more playing anymore for yourself. What did I tell you? <laughs> like, it's not working. <laughs> I told you no. Let me try it again. You gotta see the whole thing. <laughs> They were trying to get their french bulldog puppy to working. sleep, but every time they told him to, he'd start talking back. you need to go to sleep? Stop. Okay. No more fighting anymore for you What did I tell you? I told you no. No matter what they said, he refused refuse to argue back. So they told him one last time. No is no, okay? And that's final. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, come here. Give me a kiss.
1: Oh, oh! Yeah,
0: you should have seen it. It was a great video. I don't know why he did that. Okay, because of that, now you get a long story. No. Nah. Do I mean, you, you remember that? No. You, you you? Yeah, you guys don't know. I don't remember that. But well, you remember when you had your first kid? Yep. Remember yep. how um was dramatic. How dramatic <laughs> it was. <laughs> you you, you, you remember was how <laughs> you didn't know what to expect. You know, growing up, growing up on a farm. You know, I had an idea what to expect. I mean. Me. Polly was pregnant and growed pigs. I mean, well babies for all I knew. I mean, uh, you, you get an idea, but you really don't know uh, what it's like until you go through this. Uh, when, when, when Polly was pregnant, we had to uh, uh, go to what was called the Moz classes. Remember those? Do, do they still have Lamaze classes? Yes. Is, is it required? Not required, but highly recommended. Highly recommended because when uh, when we uh, we were required, we, you had to go through. If I was going to be in there, I, we had to go through Lamaze classes. And what Lamaze did is. It just it's pretty much said, "This is what to expect." You know, you're going to go in this. You're going to go. In this. She's going to go in transition. You know, and, and then the baby. You know, then the baby's going to come and be born and everything else. But you really don't know what it's like until actually you go through it. And and then the baby's born, right? And the, the first time you got this thing in your hand. And you think you're going to break the baby. I mean, they're, they're just so small. And and you're just concerned about them, and you want to make sure you're the best parent on the face of the earth. And, you know, making sure everything's clean, everything. You know, I remember, you know, we came home with Allison, and and and, 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 and I, I would get up in the morning when the baby would cry, and I'd go get her, Polly feed the baby and, and then the next day, same thing and then a week went by and you smack her, baby's crying. And Polly started sleeping Get up, take care of that baby. Don't think of those things. It's not what you expect. And I think about that in regards to Pentecost. Because at P- in Pentecost Jesus told the disciples that they were to go to Jerusalem. In fact, in Acts chapter one, verse four, it says, on one occasion while he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, and in a few days he'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What in the world are you talking about? Jesus, what are you saying? I mean, they had an idea with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit uh, uh, showed himself in the, New T- in the Old Testament from time to time, and the Holy Spirit empowered from time to time, but they, I don't think they really understood it. You, you're to go to Jerusalem and you're to wait, but what does it mean to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? We, we talked about that about two or three weeks ago. But now everything is, is coming into play. And so the disciples, on the day of Pentecost, which we talked about what that was last week, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. We talked about that. We talked about what Pentecost was last week. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, I'm sure that these disciples are once again going, What is happening? I, I don't quite understand it. But what I'm going to talk about today are four qualities that the disciples possess, that we need to possess as Christians, and then we're going to look at five lessons that we're going to learn from this particular passage. We're going to continue on from what we talked about last week. So, on the, on the day of Pentecost came, What? They were together in one place. They were obedient. Christians, do you hear that? And I know for the last month, that word obedience has been hit over the head, on our heads over and over and over again. Because the disciples were obedient. And as Christians, we need to be obedient in everything that we do. So they came together, and they were together in one place. Why Why were they in one place? Because Jesus told them to. And Christians, as our world and as our society continues to turn its back on the church and upon Christ, it's going to become harder and harder and harder for us to be obedient to what the scriptures tell us to do. I don't care what the world says, because Jesus' ways are much better than the world's. I heard a, a, a statement one time that says, Let me give you a definition of irresponsibility. The definition of irresponsibility is someone has to take responsibility for your irresponsibility. So if you do something that causes somebody else to have to take the responsibility for your irresponsibility, that's what irresponsibility is. And most of the time, when you look at what scriptures say, when it talks about obedience, when we're not obedient, someone has to take up the slack. Someone has to do it for you. Someone has to take care of it, or or whatnot. So they were together in one place because Jesus told them to, and they were being obedient. Christians, one of the biggest marks of us being, uh, of our our faith in Jesus Christ, boils down to one word, we're obedient. We can fake, trust me, we can fake uh, singing loudly. We can fake, you can even fake joy, but faking obedience is very difficult. It has to come from the heart. And so the disciples were obedient. Obedience demonstrates our faith in Christ. Obedience is the key to our success. And obedience is what ensures, uh, is a sure way uh, for us to receive the blessings and the promises of God. I mean, when, when you do something just because you're being obedient to God and God provides for you, he gets the glory. And you're going, wow, oh, that makes sense what God wants us to do so the first thing that the disciples did is that they were obedient then it says and suddenly at God's appointed time not their appointed time God's appointed time a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting all right how many of you were close to the tornadoes that we've had the last few years here in in Slab? one there anybody else anybody really close Okay, so if you've ever been close to a tornado, the sure markers of a tornado is the sound of the wind. All right? So the last one that went through Salina, Polly and I, uh, we lost power. Okay. That, that usually tells us something's happening when Salina loses power. So we lost power. And, um, and what, what do men do when something like that happens? Go check it out. I went and checked it out. I'm a man. Yep. <laughs> so I went to the door, and, uh, and I'm, I'm just sitting there at the back um, um, patio door, and all of a sudden you hear this. And, and it got louder and louder and louder, and Polly goes, get in the basement. And I go to and says, and you're telling me? So in the basement we went, and I did what every good man does. What does a man do in the basement when a tornado is going by their house? Watch. Watch. Yeah. Okay. So I went to the steps and I actually turned my cell phone on do that. turned my cell phone on and I figured if I was going to die somebody would see how I died and, and we're listening to all this wind I didn't see anything because it was dark but boy you could hear the wind remember last week what I said God, the Holy Spirit is presence. you can see the results of them You can feel the results of them and sometimes you can hear the results of them but you don't see them right and that's what wind does you 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 see the results you can feel the results and and everything and the power of the wind is there even though you don't see the wind and so we got down with that we walked upstairs we know it went through our neighborhood not quite sure where until the next morning we just saw debris actually everywhere that was there so You see the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see that suddenly they were in a room, let's say it like this, they probably had some windows in the room, but the wind was so loud that the people in the community heard it and they ran to see what was going on. Okay? And violent sound of the blowing, violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember what I said. When you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit. Understand, this is the beginning of the church, and so the Holy Spirit had not come yet, and now it has come. So when you give your life to Christ, you have the power, you have the Holy Spirit within you at that point. Okay. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We'll talk about that pretty soon as well. So the power of God came upon them. That brings us to the second point. Uh, the, the disciples had the power of God, and that comes from the Holy Spirit. Now tell me someplace else in Scripture where you see fire. See, the fire represented God, represents power, represents purity represents purification represents light represents warmth i mean all those things can be seen in in fire can you tell me somewhere else in scriptures where you see the presence of god in fire the burning bush the burning bush Moses went up there's a burning bush and the presence of god was there can you tell me another one that's why in the desert <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You had the fire; they were in the fiery furnace, and then the the fourth person that they think might be the son of God or an angel came within them. Is there somebody else? Israelites in the desert. Israelites in the desert that were being led by at night by the fire. Give me another one. On Mount, oh, Mount Carmel, didn't think of that one, but yeah, the power of God came down and took care of the the, the Well, the, the sacrifice that eventually. The prophets of Baal were taken care of. Give me another one. In the tabernacle at night, the presence of God was fire as well. So you see, the power of God and the fire of God is is seen there. And so the fire came. Now, why, why why was it so necessary to have the wind and then the fire? Real simple. I think that they needed to see the presence of God. They needed to see, this is the beginning. This is important. We are appointed. We are anointed. Now notice it says, separated and came to rest on them. We're not talking about just the 12 here. How many were in the upper room? About 120. So you had 120 people that this this actually fell upon. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, as I am studying more and more of this, at the beginning of my ministry, I would say that they went out and they spoke in a tongue and the Holy Spirit interpreted. As I am now coming older and studying more, I'm more convinced that what this was, was you had all these disciples that went out and a greater miracle happened where they were speaking the language of the people. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Why? What brings a greater glory to God? Well, you have to. You find the answer to this here. Now they're staying in the Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together, bewildered because each of them heard their their own language was being spoken. Understand, at least 120 disciples were there. Okay? Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't these who are speaking Galileans? There's your key to the whole thing. Because Galileans were considered to be a lower class of Jews. And uneducated, lower class, someone that they looked down upon. And, and I, I think like people in New York would look down upon here. Or people over here would look down upon them. The uh, Pharisees and teachers of the law would, would always write uh, snide remarks about Galileans. And so for a Galilean to go out and a Galilean to speak in another language is a miracle. Okay? If Darwin were to speak another language other than English, it is a miracle. Whenever I go outside the country, my wife always tells me, she goes, keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. I go, what? I said, don't even butcher their language. Don't even try I mean I, I mean, I, I'm in Korea, and I go, "Hong Yong, say Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that anymore. Uh, in Jamaica, I try to do the patwa. You know, you know what patwa is, and uh, you kind of get a slang, and it goes, "Just, just stop it." Okay. And so, uh, so for me to do that, that is a miracle. And if I speak in another language, it is of God. Okay. And so, our native language, Parthians, Medes. Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, uh, Cappadocia, Cap- uh, Pontus, okay, Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya near Syria, visitors from Rome. Boom. Keep that in mind. Visitors from Rome, uh, both Jews, converts to Judaism, Christians, Arabs. And we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. Why did I point out Thanks. You have Romans there who saw what was happening. 3,000 people came to Christ. And I'm sure that some of these Romans became Christians. And they went back to Rome. And what started there? The Roman church. Paul eventually went. But I was actually talking to a good friend of mine last night. He brought that out, and I go, I never thought about that. He said, he goes, uh, notice that you were visitors from Rome. Where did Paul want to go? He wanted to go to Rome. Uh, um, I mean, we can go on and on and on with all of that that we, we talked about. Okay. So we know their power came from God. We know God's presence was upon them, and that's where the... Uh, um, the, the tongue of the fire came upon them. Um, Christians hear me. If you give your life to Christ, God's presence is in you. You don't need fire above your head. It is promised in scriptures you are given the Holy Spirit upon conversion. Okay? We know that they, after that, they went out and served because that's what it says. They went out and, uh, they were, uh, being used by God, and they were willing to go out. And when you're being used by God, you're always going to take a risk. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, God gets the glory. Now, as I said before, um, we see that the um, uh, well. I'll tell you what. Let's just go to the next point we got here. Now, this is what we learned about what the disciples success. Now, what do we learn about this uh, whole thing? The number one is this. God loves to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Okay? And we we know that because they were Galileans. Okay? They were Galileans. I mean, think about this. Think about some of the foolish things that God used. He used a donkey to chastise Balaam. He used a stick to deliver of the Israelites of Egypt. He used a pebble to bring down a di- giant. He used a small boy to feed the 5,000. He used a virgin girl to carry the Christ child. He used shepherds to be the first to see the Christ child. He used a sinful Samaritan woman to be the first to hear the, the news that he was the Messiah. He used the cross to save to bring uh, salvation to humanity he used a criminal to be the first one to enter into heaven after the sacrificial death of Jesus he used Galileans to share the good news of salvation he uses preaching to send out the message uh, of Christ so he uses foolish things to confound the wise and so if you think God can never use me, real if he can use a donkey he can use you if he can use pigs to get rid of some demons that go into the abyss, he can use you. I mean, we can go on and on and on with, with those that God uses. You find out, God doesn't use the kings. He does sometimes. But most of these people are not kings. And they're not rich. And they're not what? They are just normal, ordinary people that God uses just like you. Now look what Scripture say, Brothers and sisters... that are so that what? Why does he choose us? The same No one, one may boast before, before him. him. Our job is to is uh, when he's talking about boast means boast about us. Our job is to boast about Christ. That's our message: is Jesus. All we do is Jesus. Um, I think about this this past week. We're getting ready for uh, my granddaughter's fifth birthday party. We're, my family's getting together, and and you know, my daughter's been in Guam. My daughter's been in South Korea. So for us to get the family together is is a big thing. Okay, so we're getting everybody together. My foot was. And, and, and Polly would will tell you I have a very high pain tolerance. It was a nine. Mm-hmm. Ten is put me in the coffin lock the door and never open again. That's what the 10 is for me And so I said I've got to do something we're gonna to go to Kings Island And I you know we've got to find out what's going on just by 10. This is really spooky This is when I think Facebook is listening to you Because I got on Facebook and it says now accepting patients, podiatrist and in, uh, in saline. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So I called them up. I said, I, I got this situation. She said, give me a second. She comes back She says, just by chance, just by chance, it's open. Right? Somebody canceled today. Can you come at 1.30? Yes, I'll be there at 1.30. Okay. So then we kind of went a little, we got there at 1.30. Polly wanted to come in with me and uh, we sat, she played with my toes. I went off the table. Uh, She says, you probably have an infection. We're going to have immediate surgery on you. Wait a minute, that's not what I wanted to hear. Well, we got to get a blood test first. But as soon as we find out there's an infection there, we're going to have immediate surgery on you and get you on some IVs and stuff like that. I said, no, I don't think that's it. We're going to do that anyway. Okay, so get the blood test back. It's a little elevated in some of those areas, but she calls me and she says, don't worry about it, you don't have an infection, we think you got gout. Okay, alright, fine. What do I do? Here's some steroids. Gonna take a steroid. Well, and then, uh, and then the blood test finally comes back for gout. I don't have gout. I don't know what the problem is. I'm just falling apart. But what I find interesting is, is how God in this whole thing, I think sometimes He does care about you, even in the little things. To be at a birthday party. For your granddaughter. Because it's just amazing to see when that thing popped up. Come to find out, that was a Facebook post from seven years ago. And it still had the old address on it. So I said, This is your address. No, it's not. We're over here. Spooky, isn't it? It's not spooky, it's, it's, not, it's not. It's not what? And you're saying that's God. I, I, I want to say the same thing. I was actually thanking the Lord the whole time. About, thank, you, thank you. And so they got me on drugs and on steroids. And the first day I took steroids, I've never been on steroids before. And the first day I took steroids, I was doing really good. And I look at my wife and go, Hi, how you doing? And we just had a lot of fun together. And she goes, Stop it. <laughs> I am finding out you can't sleep too well with that stuff. All right, where am I at? God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Our message is simple. It's Jesus. So we're getting ready for our T-ball program in about two, two to three weeks. The message is simple. It's not how to hit a ball. The message is simple. It's Jesus. And what an opportunity in this world that's turning us back on Christ to to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. When we have our Vacation Bible School that's coming up, the message is simple, it's Jesus. When we have our 127 Garage Sale that's coming up, our message is simple, it's Jesus. And, And Ben and I are already starting to think, how can we how can we do a Jesus thing at the 127 garage sale? Ben did something last year, and I want to go further on I didn't even know he was doing it until one day he just showed up at the table and says, I'll pray for you in the hallway there. Well, that's a good idea. Let's expound on it. See, Ben, aren't you glad you hired Ben? He said, "God, a lot of good ideas. When we, when we go to Mended, and for the trunk or treat, the, the message is simple. It's not candy, it's Jesus. Every Sunday morning when we come to church, it isn't to sing the songs and to hear this guy standing up here that looks good. And just The message is simple. It's Jesus. Everything that we're doing has to be Jesus and has to be focused on him. And that's what those disciples did. They went out and it was about Jesus. The foolish things of the world went out and they preached on Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that saved us. Jesus is the one that died on the cross for us. Jesus is the one that gives us salvation. Jesus is the one that gets all glory and honor. The message is simple. The means is simple. Obedience. To obey is better better than sacrifice. The disciples went out, and they were obedient, and they preached. They were being obedient. You want to see God work? Be obedient. You want to see miracles happen? Be obedient. You want to see the presence of God? Be obedient. Be obedient. <clears throat> the power in, uh, or the ability is very simple it's the Holy Spirit. I can't do this on my own, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. I share with many, I'm not an evangelist. I, I'm just very honest with you. I'm not an evangelist. I will do the work of an evangelist according to what scriptures say. And I will tell you that when I do the work of an evangelist, I, I you sense and you feel a power that comes in, gives you words to say, gives you direction to go, and it's the Holy Spirit. I would never make a good salesman because I'm the type of guy that would be knocking on the door saying, "I hope no one's home." But when you're doing the work of God, then the Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the words to say and the direction in which you are to go. It's the Holy Spirit. All in all, God is the one who gets the glory. And can I be very honest? you? You guys are a good church, great church. But never lose focus on that issue. That God is the one who gets the glory. Not Darwin, not the board, not Mount Tabor, not anything, but God is the main purpose and the main focus of everything that we do. Has to be. Because if we ever lose that focus, then, then why would God's blessing be upon this church? I heard a story a number of years ago. It was called uh, The uh, Church of God Bar and Grill. Some guy went down south and he uh, saw this restaurant entitled Church of God Bar and Grill. And so he went, okay, so he went in there and they had chicken. They ate chicken. It was all chicken, kind of like Kentucky Fried Chicken, 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 Chicken. And so finally he asked the question. He goes, why is it called Church of God Bar and Grill? And the person thought about it. Oh, I remember. This used to be a church. And in order to keep the doors open, we started we started making chicken dinners on the afternoon and, and people started eating. We do it on Saturdays. And we, and we made the money needed to keep the doors open and then and then um, we just, people wanted it for Sunday after church, so then we started making it, so we had the women in the church, they were in the kitchen during the sermon time, and they were making chicken, and people took it out afterwards, and then, and you know, then people stayed longer, and eventually we just became a restaurant. How many people come to the Lord because of chicken? We lose our purpose. God's the one that gives the glory, honor, and glory. And so I shared that little story about Facebook today, not to say things were weird, but I shared that little story on Facebook to say, I can see God's hand in that. To get me into a doctor, to give me the steroids so I can be bouncing off the wall. Lastly, since. Go back to Acts chapter 2. So here are the disciples. They're out and they're preaching. They're preaching in languages. And people say, what could this be? What could this be? Amazed and perplexed. They ask one another, what does this mean? Whenever God's working, people are going to say, what does this mean? It will perplex anybody. But some of them, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much money. Brings me back to the last point. There will always be detractors. There will always be people who will not, I mean, you can, there are people you could actually have Jesus himself standing right here and they still won't submit to him. How do I know that? Well, I think uh, Pontius Pilate had Jesus in front of him. I think the Pharisees had Jesus in front of him. I think the priests had Jesus in front of him. I think that the Roman soldiers had Jesus in front of them and they still mocked him and they still put him on the cross. There will always be detractors. You can focus on the detractors or you can focus on Christ. Which would you rather do? I'd rather focus on Christ. As our society continues to turn us back more and more on Christ in the church, there are going to be more and more detractors remain strong in Christ. Him. Be obedient to Him. And how are you obedient? And this comes from my notes from last week. You loosen your grip. In other words, this is not, it's not mine anymore. You let go of it. And you let God have it. The second one is the white flag. You give a white flag of surrender. God, I'm done. I'm done. I surrender. It's, it's all for you. And you give up being the king of your life. And you uh, let God be the king of your life. And then you just follow what he says. That's the key. And when the detractors say, Oh, this is so wrong. Just look at him and say, No, it's not. This is so right. This is so right. Because I'm going to see God And we're going to see miracles. And we're going to see great things in our lives. Let's pray. Father, help us to be obedient to you in every area. Help us to know you. Help us to show the world you. And help us just to um, be filled with your spirit. For every day I give more and more of myself to you. So the Holy Spirit can have more and more of me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The uh, elders will be up front uh, to pray for anyone who would like to have prayer, for whatever reason today. Maybe you have a a, a loved one that you'd like us to pray for. Uh, Feel free to come up and we'll be praying for you.